outside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kohler Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom, Harry Everett, digital guru for Somerset CCC, Ben Warren, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio, Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Uh, and, well, what are we here for tonight, fellas? It's the Golden Apples, our fourth annual Golden Apples, believe it or not. Or believe it because we've been doing this three and a bit years and it's come round for four years. It's basic maths. Um... Let's wrap up or just uh, just bring you up to date with who won what from the main Somerset Awards uh, happened at the county ground on Thursday night. I was there along with Harry. Harry very sensibly was on the non-alcoholic cider. I was not. Um, I think James Rue won everything pretty much, didn't he? I think he was in the run. He, um, he might have even won a few Western Storm Awards as well. Um, he won that many. He was Young Player of the Year, Championship Player of the Year, Player of the Year, Supporters Player of the Year, Taunton in Bloom 2023, uh, and various other bits. Sonny Baker won uh, Community Player of the Year. Ben Green retained his White Ball Ball Player of the Year. And the President's Champagne moment was, unsurprisingly, TKC's catch up at Edgbaston to to clinch victory in the Vitality Blast. Also had the Western Storm and Somerset Women's Awards. And for the life of me, I can't remember who won uh, most of those. But uh, I know Lauren Filer won Supporters Player of the Year for Storm. Chloe Scout won one. Chloe Scout was Bowler of the Year. Fran Wilson would have been Batter of the Year. She got two, didn't she? Yeah, and there were also uh, uh, Fran Wilson, Danny Gibson, Sophie Luff and Alex Griffiths got presented caps for 50 games for Storm. So that was all... All very good stuff. Well done, Ben, for, for organising it. Um, that, that race won the Young Player of the Year as well. Fran Wilson won Players Player. Yeah. Oh, and for Somerset Women, I think Daisy Jeans won Player of the Year or Players Player of the Year. It's all up on the Twitters anyway, if you want to have a Steve look. We missed any out. See, this is why I, I should have lists for this sort of thing. Um, it was good having all the Western Storm Awards. Went a little bit long i think not no fault of any organization ben but um if uh, i don't think there's anyone in taunton brave enough to tell andy hurry that he's been rambling on for a bit too long and it's probably time to crack on with it but uh anywho let's uh let's move along to should we do our first golden apple of the year uh what should we do first should we get this inevitable one out of the way and go for young player of the year has anybody got any other uh, nominations apart from James Rue? Nope. Done. Nope. <laughs> so I'll go Rue, Rue, Rue. As well. um, I didn't really have any. No, me neither. Um, this year could be an honourable mention, but... Yeah, he kind of fell away a bit towards the end of the season. Um... Will Speed, obviously, still quite young and had a pretty good blast, so... Him. How old is he now? Is he, tw- is he 22 yet? It's difficult because I think, I don't know, three full seasons in the side. We, we really need to have some sort of criteria about young player. Cause I mean, it's Rude's first season. so Rude's first full season. It's It'll be Smead's third full season, I think, because he made his debut in the plague year, didn't he? Yeah. Did, yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure. Could you say young player in your third full season? It's fourth full season, yeah. isn't it? Are we putting Goldsworthy into the mix? 21, 20, 20 21, 22, 23. Who's Smeed? He didn't play in 19, did he? He played in 20, 20, 21, 22, and 23. Yeah, so. but it, 20 wasn't a full <laughs> season. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So he made his debut in 2020. Wasn't a full season for anyone. That's true. That is true. But if he made his debut in that first Bob Willis Trophy game, whoever it was against. Anyway, we're splitting hairs here. Um, congratulations then to James Rue for the first Golden Apple of the year, picking up where he left off on Thursday night, winning the Golden Apple for Young Player of the Year in a clean sweep. 
Right, what should we do next then? Let's do the Metro Bank One Day Cup. Although, if you're reading the, the FT, it may not be the Metro Bank One Day Cup for much longer. We could retain our exclusive sponsorship of uh, of said tournament. Let's do the One Day Cup performance of the year. Who was your your best of that lot, Dan? Uh, it obviously has to be Andy Mee's 172 not out against Derbyshire, um, which I was lucky enough to be there for. Uh, the fourth highest list innings by a Somerset player. Just a sublime innings. I don't think he offered a chance. Um, he showed, you know, the aggression that he showed all season. This aggression which has just come from nowhere. You know, he's completely going against, uh, you know, the perception of, of himself over a long period of time. And this year, he's just thrown off the shackles and you know that was the innings where it just all came together for him he batted right through didn't he um, just capped off an amazing tournament for him and he ended up as the uh, leading run scorer of the, of the group stage so um, yeah pretty obvious for me really that he's the uh, performance of the year for that knock against Derbyshire I think he's he's obvious as the player of the one day, uh, one day cup I think you could look at a couple of other possibilities for performance I mean the hundred. Not, that's not to decry the 172 but James Rue's century against Worcester, game that we won. That was a that was a major contribution to that game. And the other one is George Thomas in the other game that 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 we won up at uh, Durham, which I didn't see, but he got uh, two wickets and scored a very important 33 at the top of the order against Durham and set Somerset on the way. That's not to decry what Andy Umid's done, but if you want a, a you know a different one for performance mm-hmm. to the player of the competition then I'd put those two forward yeah I think I'd um, I, th- I think Andy and me you know I think just I'd go Andy and me personally I think um, that you know is, is, there were some other um, it was good that we got three wins on the board compared to the one last year um, there wasn't really anything major in the bowling in the department was I don't think any of the bowlers took a fifer believe me but Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, so yeah, I think I'd go go Mead one seven two. Yeah, I've gone for that as well. I mean, the, the, looking beyond that, as you say, is, is sort of little bits and pieces, performances. Not to quite what you know said GT did up at, at Durham, but you know it was wasn't you know it wasn't six for forty and eighty not out. It was. Uh, whatever, a thirty order and a two for yet. Yeah, I can't see past Andy Mead, and if I did, it it would be is under against Sussex or is under against Morgan or James Rue's uh, hundred against uh, against Worcester. Harry, yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe an honourable mention to Lewis Goals with a couple of. I think it's a game he got a run out, a couple of wickets and some runs. Curtis Campher got some runs, a couple of wickets, but there's actually nothing major individually this year. I would argue that a game we lost last year to Durham at home. I'd argue Ben Green and Sonny Baker's individual performance in that game that we actually lost was mm-hmm. better than anything we saw this year. Um, so, so remarkable were those two individual performances. But yeah, Andy B was superb. 613 runs at 87.57. You can't argue with that. Very well back, yeah. sir. So well done to Andy Mead, winning his first ever Golden Apple for his 172 not out up back Derbyshire um, I did wander around Thursday night um, shoving my phone under his, his nose going ah oh, did these Andy they're called who memes and he didn't instantly punch me or run off or anything like that so it was that was yeah not too bad um, I also mentioned the George Bartlett about his shuffling across which he took in uh, decent humour as well so I'm not I may have just given him the secret to scoring thousands of runs in Div 2 but I don't know but anyway that was that was that. So I got that off my chest after two years. Who knows? Maybe I've been brave enough to say it a couple of uh, years ago. I think you future is Somerset's new batting coach. Yeah. Well, Somerset's Somerset's current batting coach has just followed us on Twitter over the weekend. So hello, Shane, if you're listening. Uh, always welcome on. If you fancy it, uh, drop us a message. But uh, yeah, it was uh, great. For what's that club we went to? It was Zinc. Yeah, Shane wasn't there. No, no, he wasn't there. <laughs> Um, who were the last men standing from Somerset? I've got. I can remember Tom Abel, George Thomas, Andy Mead, and Casey Aldridge. Alfie Ogborn. Was he? Was he there? Yeah. Alfie. Yeah. He was. Yeah, well, I'll add Alfie Ogborn to the list. What about? <laughs> what awards this? What's no, this is. I, I'm just trying to piece together what happened on Thursday night because 
Uh, yeah, well, there are more Western Storm representatives at the very end than Somerset. There were, yeah. Western Storm were putting uh, putting Somerset to shame. And the coaching the... staff of Western Storm, fair play, there were five of them till close as well. Yeah, Trevor Griffin was going yeah, was... going strong. Uh, was was Lewis there till the very end? Yeah, Lewis was. Yeah, Lewis goes away. So I made that six, and yeah, there's, there's loads of Western Storm there. Um, who was the fellow saying he was going to open up Taunton Dean at quarter past four in the oh, morning? Ben Osman from the, ben <laughs> the Somerset Foundation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. No, I, I, I went back way. to the hotel at that and, uh, yeah, quarter past four, I got to bed. And, um, yeah, I woke up about, uh, well, yeah, my breakfast wasn't too clever. I, I managed three mushrooms, a hash brown, and a slice of toast. But I thought, no. Well, I, I dropped Jacob Arie back to Sarge's mansion. And then uh, worked for BBC Sport three hours later. So happy day. Well, you weren't drinking, away, so you were. Uh, no, I was a, Emily, a very man. very sensible boy. Well, I don't go out very often, so I want to do. I have a bit of a blowout, um, but yeah, it was all good fun. Um, there was something else I was going to mention there. I can't remember what it was. No, we'll move on then. Um, are we agreeing then that um, Andrew Mead is also the One Day Cup Player of the Year? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there were lots of performances that were worth a mention, but in terms of the numbers, I was struggling to to pick a rival, and it was just um, Lewis Goldsworthy was the only kind of one worth a mention. But you know, the, Andy Meade's numbers for the One Day Cup were just absolutely, absolutely incredible. I'd just like to put a, a little honourable shout out to Sean Dixon for. Uh for how he led it led it you know it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination with with the players that we lost but thought he he came out out of it with you know coming out of it looking all right you know he had a few good contributions to the bat but just the way he handled it really i thought thought fair play to him he, you know for his first season at the club he, he took on a a chalice and um yeah i thought his interview at bristol was particularly uh yeah part of the sleeve job on it. it was really uh so a little shout out to him for his yeah. contributions. No, I didn't give him a big shout out. It was, uh, yeah, certainly a job that it kind of reminded you of sort of club second and third eleven captains. Yeah, scraping together sides on on a Saturday morning. You know, the second team captain gets called up to the first team. Yeah. And suddenly Sean Dixon's got to step up to play yeah, green. Got, and... in, you know, he's got like uh, five under elevens in the back of his Fiesta <laughs> on a forty minute away journey. <laughs> everyone kit on everyone's lap so that was the professional cricket equivalent of uh, what Sean Dixon had to deal with uh, this year and I did it incredibly well right Andy you then has won two golden apples in as many minutes what should we go on to next and let's do something with a bit more uh, contention and let's go on to well let's finish with the blasts here so we'll do county championship performance of the season there were quite a few of these so, Gibbo, do you want to kick us off uh, as you were there for every ball? Nobody's more qualified than your good self to pass judgment on this. I was. I've got um, several. Uh, I think top of the list would be uh, Matt Henry, 6 for 59, to get Somerset back into the game, which we eventually won against Nottinghamshire at Taunton. Yep. After we'd been bowled out for next to nothing in the first innings, as per usual, I thought that 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 was a match-winning performance. Okay, you know, there were runs in the second innings as well, but that would have been of no no matter if, if Henry hadn't bowled us back into the game. I thought um, Tom Cole of Cadmore's 130 mm-hmm. against uh, Northampton is a uh, contender. And Tom Lamanby, who's coming for a fair amount of stick one way or another. Yes, from you, Anthony, as he said to me no, on I Thursday did. night. All I said was he had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get that 66 not out in the second innings against Warwickshire in the very first game of the season mm-hmm. when at one stage we were 92 for five and still six runs behind after another poor first innings performance. And if Lamanby hadn't held things together then, then, you know, that's a game that that, uh, that we could have lost. So those those would be my, my three. Um, Matt Henry. Tom Curley Cadmore's 130 and uh, Tom Lamb would be 66. So who's your uh, nomination from those three? I, give, I, give, I think Matt Henry deserves to win something because he was such an important influence. And it seems to me that, that that's the one that, that maybe, you know, yeah. it, was a, it was a standout performance in the county championship and it led to a win that we really needed badly. 
Yeah, so you're going Matt Henry, 6 for 59 against Knotts. Uh, Harry? I was going to go James Roos, double 100. It's not very often a teenager gets a double 100, um, especially batting number six and taking the gloves. Obviously, he's won so many awards this year. But other honourable mentions that Anthony hadn't mentioned, um, TKC, 68 off 31 balls against Kent. And I think that he could have been dangerous his 130. I know Kent were rubbish. It was a poor attack. Yeah, poor attack. I, which is why I, that's what I was going to do. Chat. I don't think Jazz Singh yeah. is leaving anyone quaking in their boots, to be honest with you. But it would have been interesting to see, you know, had they been allowed to bat on, you know, could he have got a ridiculous record-breaking score. Even Abel's four for against Kent, that was a surprise. It, it's not performance of the season. But Tom Abel, if we'd seen him bowl earlier in the year, how different would the Kent Championship campaign have been? It was a shame that it was against the poor Kent side right at the end of the season. I'd love to have seen him bowl earlier, but we know he had his injuries. Um, so, yeah, we, we know how good Matt Henry's been. Absolutely superb, but I was going to go with the Ruse double 100. Just so. so you're going Ruse 221 against Hampshire? Yeah. I think we know pretty early on which two are going to be leading the way the game, in this though, one. Did it? No, fair didn't, The 220 didn't win the game. Ah, but if Ru had come on with his off spin, you never know. <laughs> or his left arm left spin. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, those uh, two. James Ruse, uh, 220 against Hampshire. Matt Henry, 6 for 59 and 2 for 19 against Knox in that win. Uh, the only one, other one that I've gone for is uh, Tom Abel and James Rue uh, for their fifth wicket partnership of 244 against Lancashire. Um, I thought we were in trouble in that game, which we probably would have lost if Keaton Jennings hadn't gone off with a with a dodgy ankle. Was it hamstring or whatever it was? So yeah, that's my only new contribution for that. But yeah, I'm going for James Ruse, 221. Uh, ben, looks like uh, so I've probably got I got two more to add to the pot. Um, George Bartlett's hundred at Lords. Yeah, um, <laughs> it wasn't a great attack, but. It was the first day and the ball was nibbling about a bit. Um, and that did set up a victory. Ultimately, the runs they scored in the first innings meant that, that they could, were in control of the game, which, let's be honest, for some of us, probably they, they did, that was one of the only games that they, they did bat big in the first innings and, and set up control of the game. So I think George Bartlett deserves a nod for that knock. Um, probably the best spell of bowling I've seen, Matt Henry against Northampton. It was probably the over the course of the game probably one of the times where I felt that and everyone in the press box sort of felt that this was pretty unplayable um, it was probably the only time where that, uh, that I'd, I really felt that he could have taken a wicket every ball um, but I'd probably go Rue just for the fact that how rare it is for a teenager to get a double hundred on their home turf I know it didn't end in a win but it was Mohamed Abbas and Kyle Abbott um, that he was uh, he was scoring those against, so uh, I'd probably just about go through. But those are my honourable mentions. Yeah, I've never seen anyone like almost slog sweep Mohamed Abbas for six. It was nonchalant, dismissive, almost embarrassing That's for one of the best shovely, test bowlers. Yeah, yeah. Just a pick. Yeah, it's a well. short boundary, but yeah, remarkable. Uh, Dan, unfortunately, you don't have a casting vote, but um, if you'd like to let us know your <laughs> player of the year. Uh, not your player of the year, your uh, championship performance of the year. Yeah, I was always I was also going with James Ruse two hundred twenty one against Hampshire. Partly also just due to the, the situation of that match with us having several players out um, rested ahead of finals day. We had such a young team against a full strength Hampshire team. Um, and Rue came in. Um, you know, we were I think forty off of four. We were soon eighty for five. The fact that we then managed to get up to 500 from there, with James Roos scoring 221, is an incredible achievement. And then to just to run the side, you know, just to run Hampshire so close um, and nearly, nearly get the win in that match was an, an unbelievable achievement. Um, so yeah, I think I've I've gone with James Roos 221. Um, I did, you know, I, I do think yeah, it was close between that and Matt Henry's 659 against Knotts because that. That was an unbelievable spell that morning, and basically turned our season. I think winning that, winning that game in the end, meant that uh, we were fairly safe. But um, yeah, by a hair's breadth, I've gone for Bruce two two one. So that's everyone. Yeah, so we're one, two, three, four votes to one then. Congratulations, James Rue, picking up his second golden apple of the evening and his four millionth award for 
cricket and everything this year. Um, he's going to need a much bigger mantelpiece come uh, come December, I reckon. Right, I've got a feeling this could be a close one. Our next award is Championship Player of the Year. And we'll start with you for this one, Dan. We'll do it like they did in the Abu Dhabi T10 draft. If it's your go last. Were you watching that today, Gabo? Certainly not. Were you not? Pass me by, I'm afraid. Oh, it was, oh, it's fantastic. It's like all these programs. It's, it's something that could take about five minutes. They could just do it all behind closed doors. Bang, 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 bang. They managed to stretch it out to three hours. I was going to do a, a keep an eye on all the Somerset players, but... Um, TKC's playing for somebody and I just lost interest watching watching out for other names. So have have we signed has anybody else signed for any we've been drafted for any of the Abu Dhabi T ten size apart from TKC? I haven't checked, I must admit. Um, oh, if you don't know Ben, then, <laughs> then there's no work for any of us. James Roo, yeah, James Roo's probably signed for a team and he's probably already won their player of the year and young player of the year and bowler of the year and all rounder of the week and whatnot. Anyway, Champo player of the year, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's, it has to be Rue again. Um, he he almost broke the record, didn't he, for most centuries by a teenager in the county championship. Um, sadly, I think he's equaled it, hasn't he, in the end? Um, yeah, just an absolutely unbelievable season. He's looks right at home in our batting lineup. He looks right at home in first class cricket. He's so patient. He knows his strengths. Um, he'll be playing for England in a few within a few years, I'm sure. He's also had no issue, you know, keeping wicket. He's just an absolute dead cert pick for the team, isn't he now? Because he just threw his sheer weight of runs, nothing too flashy. You know, as I said, he knows he knows he knows his strengths, he knows his game so well, seemingly. I mean, yes, he, he will develop more, you know, he's he's got more shots to add, I'm sure. He wants he obviously wants to play white ball cricket. But um yeah, in the county championship this year he was our best player, I think. Um Honourable mentions for Matt Henry and also for Lewis Gregory as well. Um, obviously, Matt Henry was, you know, unbelievable. Um, came in and transformed the side. Um, if he played the whole season, he may well have ended up, you know, player of the season. But I think, but you know, for that for the games he played, you know, he was he was, you know, excellent, wasn't he? Had basically every game. And yeah, Gregory um, had a really much improved season. I think um, last year he struggled a bit, particularly with the ball in the championship, but. You know, this year when he played, you know, he obviously missed a few games of injury. But this year when he played, he was a reliable option, took a lot more wickets, scored a fair few runs. So it's good to see him sort of go back towards the level, you know, that we know he's capable of. But yeah, CC player of the year is James Roo for me. Okay, Ben, what about yourself? Yeah, yeah, very difficult. Yeah, much, much the same as Dan, really. I was also going to give an honourable mention to Lewis Gregory, um, given his fitness record I think and how he bowled last year in terms of the wicket output I think it was really pleasing to see him um, deliver those kind of numbers and, and gives you real confidence that he could still be part of a of a sort of a division one bowling attack for the next year or two um, I would say it was division one bowling attack <laughs> no comment um, uh, I would also say Casey Aldridge deserves a, a, a mention as well. He, he feels like he's before his injury, he, he's now established himself in the first team, and he's, um, his numbers were surprising with the bat. You know, he, he probably even maybe surprised himself with how many runs he scored, but he batted really, really well all season. And I feel like his bowling is still not quite there, but he's certainly on a, on a on a good journey. And I think that he okay, is. His stock has risen over the course of the summer. So you go for James Rue again. Right, I'm going to stop the tide. I am going to go for uh, Matt Henry as my championship player of the year. Um, I know he only played the six games, but those six games that he did play, uh, we won three of them. We only lost one. And it was, I think, his arrival after Bancroft left after was it four games that just seemed to kick start and galvanise our season do you see that Bancroft got under in his first game back in Australia oh well of course that would. You of course he would <laughs> of course he would first start the Sheffield Chiefs season <laughs> um, I think with, with Rue as, as, as well not that this is a negative but a lot of the time he was coming in at sort of you know, uh, 50, 60 for four and it's very difficult to put a side in a winning position from there you've got to play that once in a lifetime innings um, 
like he did against Hampshire to sort of get up to to 500 from being what we 80 for five or whatever it was um yeah so I think that's the reason for me is is Henry really affected games and really put us in in positions where we could win games Rue had a fantastic season don't get me wrong but I think if we'd had Henry all season I think we potentially would have been top three um yeah, not to take away from from what Rue's done. I had Gregory in there as well. You know, take a, yeah, averaging thirty one with the with the bat, twenty one with the ball. But yeah, Matt Henry for me for just the the impact that he made in those games, just the the switch that he seemed to flick first game when he arrived, which was uh, yeah, it was Lancashire away, wasn't it? Yeah, which we'll come back to a bit later on, Anthony. Got one for you for up there. Uh, but yeah, me, I, I'm going Matt Henry for my shampoo player of the year. Gibbo, casting vote then. We're not quite casting vote yet. No, I've, I've written down James Rue because, you know, for all the reasons that Dan and, and Ben have spelt out. On the other hand, I do think Matt Henry deserves to win something <laughs> because he was such an influence in that season, particularly in the, well, in the T20 as well. Uh, but in the county championship, he, as you say, galvanised is the right word. Craig Overton looked 50% better bowler when he was bowling with Matt Henry at, at, at the other end. And he did, just in that sort of mid-season, Matt Henry got us back into contention, gave us our, our pride and belief back in, in, in the county championship. Um, so whilst James Rue is the obvious county championship player of the year, if it comes, if my vote will mean that Matt Henry wins that, mm. then I'll give it to Matt Henry. Fair do. Well, it doesn't. Co- we are now really tied. Well, at, well, we're now tied at two two. So Harry, oh, no, can you handle the pressure of the casting vote? Well, those two. Are well, you could give it. You else. could give it to uh, somebody that we've not mentioned yet, and then it will be a tie between. Uh, Matt Danny, Henry La- and Danny Lamb's not the nomination yet. Is he? Well, he didn't play in the championship, unfortunately. You could give it to Don <laughs> Bess. <laughs> No, I mean, those two are class above. I mean, I've loved watching Matt Henry today. It's been quite cool to watch New Zealand, Netherlands, and you've got Van der Merwe, Van Meeker, and Henry Ishoed, who wasn't playing, sadly, but Devon Conway. You know, these all these links, all these players that have played for Somerset in recent years, it's been great to see them doing well on the, on the world stage. You know, roller bowl quite well today as well, which is nice to see. Um, but Did bat particularly well, by all accounts. No, he hasn't. Very well. the, the last two games, he hasn't got any runs. I took him out of my fancy team because he was batting. Um, but what I love about James... Go on, Nancy. I was just going to say he should have been out the first. He was what was he dropped? Dropped yeah. first ball, missed uh, as near as touches stumping the second ball, and then he goes for the same reverse sweep that he got dropped by Matt Henry off off the third ball and gets out. I mean, he couldn't make it up, could he? He's a human highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, it's always a pain when he's batting, isn't it? But no, um, I just James Root has been remarkable. And what I love, um, there were a couple of quotes he said in the interview with Triggs at the end of season deal on Thursday night that, that stuck out to me. And I think we, we, we've probably all heard it now, but him saying, I was just trying to stay on the side at the start of the year. I mean, that's remarkable. Guys end up getting all these accolades, PSCA nominations, winning awards, left, right and centre. And he wasn't even guaranteed. You know, Steve Davies was, was, was you know one of the best wicketkeepers that's been in the game the last couple of decades. So fair play for that. And Abe's also then said... Rue formed the backbone of our side. Like how often does a teenager form the backbone? That's a big statement. And then Jason Kerr's said something about he's got to keep his feet on the ground, which of course he's got to try and do. And you know, I just love that he's a nineteen year old and he's off to Greece with his girlfriend and he's going on holiday now and enjoying himself. But he's yeah, he, he he's class and I'm afraid as much as Matt Henry was brilliant and I love what Matt Henry did, I've got him down as second for about four different awards. <laughs> which is harsh, but yeah, Hennes was brilliant, but I'm gonna to have to give it to James Drew. You'll go with James Rue then. So, scooping his third golden apple of the evening uh, and 4,782nd award of 2023. Congratulations to James Rue then, our County Championship Player of the Year. Right, should we do one of the fun ones? And let's do Brain Fade of the Year. Oh, I've got a few for this. <laughs> I've got a few of these. Or well, Gibbo, do you want to start us off on these? What are we on? I just lost you briefly there. Uh, we're on brain fade of the year. 
Oh, it's got to be Tom Lanham, I'm afraid. Warwickshire put put posted three short mid wickets the over <laughs> over the forty. <laughs> And Tom Lamb would be very obliging. He just <laughs> just tucked the ball around his pants well, in the I, hands of whichever one it was. It was Will Rhodes, I think. Who I did mention we were doing this. I mean, the, more, the most obvious trap I've ever seen set in, in cricket. And he didn't he didn't fall into it. He jumped headlong into it. I <laughs> did just... mention to him about that on uh, on Thursday night. I had a little chat, with, uh, quite a long chat with him out in the car park. I did mention it. Uh, Amongst other things, your opening question to him last uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I said uh, you are probably going to win it, win it for that. He said, "Oh, don't do that. I I I didn't hit it hard enough. I should have just smashed it, and I didn't." But uh, yeah, so you're you're going for that then, Gibbo? Okay, Lammers works your way. I have to say, Lammers, he is on my list as well. Um, I said that I wasn't going to nominate him, but I was pissed, so I'll probably end up... Uh... My my other <laughs> contender would be James Rue. I can't remember which game it was. I think it might have been Northampton when he got to 89 or something yeah. like that. Last over before T, and he went for a reverse sweep. Wasn't that not? I thought that was not, wasn't it? I asked him why he'd done it, and he said, I wanted to move the game on. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of a brain fade. Uh, so you're going for Lambert in the second innings, not the uh, not the leave uh, in the first innings. Um, <laughs> any any more for any more? Because I've I've still got quite a few on mine. Just just those two. Okay, Ben, your brain fades of the year. Uh, I, you've got to nominate your colleagues be, and, and friends. <laughs> well, I mean, probably there's enough of us putting a bus shelter on the on the terrace. <laughs> jokes that we could. We could nominate, but uh, I guess <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll probably say the the whole of Somerset County Cricket Club for putting a bus shelter on the terrace. Yeah, I like it. The bus shelter, the whole of the club, not Spencer. We'll say the whole of the club. Uh, Harry, then your your brain farts. Yeah, your brain I had a couple. <laughs> I wanted to shout out James Anderson for his shocking dolly drop. It's not really. Could he have a brain fade for embarrassing himself? With that dolly drop, um, like Anthony's mentioned, there are a few top order shots in the Somerset Red Bull side, particularly some of the top order shots across the season. But I was actually going to give it to, um, I might sound a bit harsh, but um, whoever's in charge of signings, um, as much as I love Neil Wagner and nothing personal against him whatsoever, my brain for the year is for the club wasting funds signing an overseas for September, which we've never had a good history of. Let's be honest, we all know that signing an overseas when we're mid-table mediocrity. People say, oh, statistically, we weren't guaranteed to not be relegated, but we were, we were never not going to get a couple of points in the last three games in September and actually finish below a Kent or a Middlesex. So, I mean, I think that funds could have gone to getting Matt Henry for more of next year or gone to get a young quick from Knotts. Like. Mm-hmm. So that's my brain fade of the year. Yeah, especially as, as Neil Wagner said to me when I asked him why he wasn't bowling this fast leg theory that he had yeah. done in the past, he said, Coming back from serious injury. Yeah, he was nowhere near so, fully fit, was he? Just <laughs> a bad hamstring. <laughs> Poor chap. It wasn't the greatest sign in Somerset, signing in Somerset's recent history. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a fully fit Neil Wagner. Really, but... really lovely bloke. Yeah. You know. You're going, uh, Jason Kerr and Andy Ho for signing a half fit Neil, Neil Wagner. And he also then put um, Ben Green in a cast by whacking a football at him, so he deserves it for that as well. That's, that could that's, be, that's a joint well. brain yeah, thing. He had a yeah. massive green cast on, I think it was his left arm. Yeah, because Wagner just whacked the football at him. So. Football? Yeah, well, they're playing those silly games, isn't it? When they're How do you break your arm? Well, I, pre- I presume it wasn't the break. It was it like something... It might have been a fracture or... Whatever. You, you can even have a thumb fracture and they often have the whole car. Oh, yeah, it's difficult to break your arm with a, uh, uh, from a football. Um, any any other honourable mentions for your brain fade, Harry? No, I think we'll leave it at that, shall we? Well, Neil Wag- does Neil Wagner have it or do the people who signed him have it enjoy it? Joint. Well, I don't know. I mean, you could put Neil Wagner in there for breaking Ben Green's hand, I suppose. But that's kind of a joint nomination. <laughs> yeah. Either. Or. Are you saying that there's some sort of like they should have had like a minority report thing where they they should have predicted the future where Neil Wagner <laughs> wouldn't really contribute, and then also he batted very well. He batted well at Edge Baston, so there you go. Yeah. Fair More enough. runs and wickets. So you're going the powers that be for signing a half fit uh, Neil Wagner. Uh, I've got quite a few. Um, uh, also, I've also got Tom Lamanby's dismissal against uh, Warwickshire in the second innings. Uh, I've got England for not giving Tom Cole a Cadmore mm. a game, despite picking him um, 
in England. I've gone uh, TKC for his dismissal against Essex in the championship where they had three out on a boundary that was about 500 metres long and he decided he was going to try and smack it over all of them and he was out court. Um, the powers that be for not picking Lewis Goldsworthy or Tom Banton in the championship side for the majority of the season. Uh, I've gone Anthony Gibson for falling for numerous George Bell related Twitter pranks on day four up at uh, Lancashire this season i.e. 4 for 8 George Bell who holds the Lancashire under 18's high jump record uh, Lewis Gregory for not signing a contract um, the ground staff for the beach on the outfield Tom Abel running himself out against Knotts he's going to sound quite bad here with all the ones that I've picked he's on my list as well yeah, yeah. that's a good one I've got uh, so I'm going to go for uh, what's my worst one what's my worst one I'm going to go Lewis Gregory for not signing a contract well, he might do yet, you know. Oh, he hasn't signed it well, yet. What if he I... signs it before this podcast gets published? What happens if he's already speak? signed it and we don't know? Could we give this nomination under false pretenses? What am I to do, Ben? Move it on. Um, <laughs> actually, no, I'm going to change one. I'm going to change it for not, not picking Lewis Goldsworthy or, yeah, I agree or Tom that. Banton enough this season. Yeah, I'd go for that. that that's happy enough. Yeah. Are you changing your award now? Oh, are you changing yeah, your not yeah. you're changing yours. I'd be quite because poor old Tom now and be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't like he's, you. The, he doesn't like you enough, so you need season. to get yourself and back in his good books. In comparison with a lot of the other opening batsmen in the country, he's actually done quite well. Yeah, not many openers have done very well. He has you? indeed. Other than Alex Lee's in Division Two, there's not been that many have done really well. Yeah. Make sure you send him yeah, a nice. Yeah, I, I had a look. Make sure you send him a nice bottle of wine for Christmas, Gibbo. Sorry, Dan, your your brain farts of the year. So I was just going to quickly say, um, I can I compare Lambie's average to other openers in Division One. He's about in the middle. There's there's about a similar number above him as below him. So yeah, I don't think we can complain too much about his season. Um, yeah, brain fade of the year. I my one my first thought was Tom Abel's run out against not at all. Uh, I think he was going for a necessary third run. Mm-hmm. It was right before lunch, wasn't it? In the last over, I mean, just an amazing morning. I just remember watching on the stream, just being in absolute despair. That was that, that, was that the direct the hit from Gimlet Hill? Was it Hassi Pamidi for it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Joe yeah. Clark. Joe Clark. Brilliant, was, brilliant. Yeah. Piece of feeling. Absolutely brilliant. It was from the deep. Wasn't it from the Sorry, Danny broke up a bit then. Sorry. It wasn't from the deep, like in front of the Botham stand, the throw. No, no, no. It was down below where we were. We, I was commentating in the in the bus shelter, and it was right down oh, below okay. us. But it was from the deep, yeah. Direct hit. It was, from he the was deep. fielding. He'd been fielding at slip, and he ran all the way down to um, yeah. fine leg to to recover the ball. Shied it at the stumps, hit them, and, and Abel was just short. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, just the utter despair that I felt after that. But yeah, he does Thanks like a run out, doesn't he? Yeah. It doesn't seem to be the first. It always seems to be the second or third with Abe's. There was a couple yeah. last year as well where he he's was just, a bit over keen. But hey Well, he pulled his blooming hamstring going for a, an unnecessary second run against Ham, against Essex at Chelmsford in a game that had absolutely nothing on it at all. And that's a limp off. And that was him. That was the end of him for. A long time. That's not this season. That's a couple of a couple of years ago. Uh, any other brain farts sort of for for you uh, then, Dan, or was it just the the Tom Abel one? Uh, yeah, that was the one I thought of. I mean, I did kind of think if yeah, someone said not picking goals early for most of the season in the county championship. So uh, that's um, yeah, just a backup. What you've already said. Happy day. So then, the winner of the brain fart of the year goes to the powers that be uh, for not picking Lewis Goldsworthy and Tom Banton enough in the county championship uh, over the course of the 2023 season. Right, uh, what have we got left? There, we just got the. Well, I'm assuming the sparkling cider reward is going to be won by something to do with the blast. So let's do. Yeah, let's do the blast performance of the year first Harry do you want to kick us off yeah so I had a couple couple of options for these the, the, the top three batting wise all did pretty well so you could mention Smee- no one got 100 actually which is surprising Smee's 94 at Gloss but it's a flat track bit of a flat track 
bully kind of knock. Um, Lewis Gregory and Ben Green's partnership, 96 unbeaten to get us to finals day. We were in big trouble. Big, big trouble. I actually didn't think we were going to make it. Normally, I'm pretty positive, com- confident, optimistic. I was sat with Bodie on the Thatcher's deck um, during the quarterfinal, and Bodie got really jittery and nervous wandering around, and it was it was, it was, was probably bite your fingers time. Honestly, didn't think we were going to do it. You know, normally, Somerset is liable to bail us out, but that was a serious, serious partnership. 57 not out from Gregory, 35 not out from Green. I'm actually going to give it... I think, I, yeah, I don't know if anyone else can do it. I'm going to give it to Sean Dixon for his final stay batting. Almost for both knocks because we know how bad the pitches are at finals day because they play so many overs and Edge Bashan has so much cricket on it. We know it's never going to be high run scoring. We know it's not going to be a flat deck. But he just dug in and didn't have to score 150 strike rate. Both knocks on finals day pretty much won us the trophy. And, that, and the bloke was signed to open the batting in Red Bull cricket, we all thought. <laughs> and he, you know, he was even asked that at the awards and it was a bit of a surprise. He took Lamaby's spot at five and all the people who watch Sky Sports and don't watch the streams think, you know, Lamaby's one of our best white ball players and he couldn't even get in the side because Sean Dixon come in yeah also top the batting average as well for uh, for the blast uh, so you're going to Sean Dixon uh, for finals day uh, Dan your vitality blast performance of the year yeah so I went with um, sorry I should have looked up and seen that you, you were eating before I, I threw over to you sorry right. about that well, no worries. I um. Yeah, I went for another final stage performance. Uh, Matt Henry's four for twenty-four in the final. Um, I think he got player of the match for it, didn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we were defending a low score, and he, you know, all the bowlers bowled unbelievably, but Henry was, you know, Henry was probably the best of the lot. I think it was his career best figures as well. Took the winning wicket. Um, took wickets in the power play. He just basically did what he'd done all season and just was unbelievably reliable. Um, yeah, at the start and at the end. Um, so yeah it was it was a difficult one this because the, there weren't any like absolute complete standout performances there were loads and loads of really really good performances because we because we were so good in the blast like it, it was difficult to really find one that really stood out um so yeah that's the one i've gone with um obviously yeah honorable mention for will smith's 94 35 balls against gloucestershire as harry said it was a flat track but to score 94 35 balls a six away from one of the fastest T20 centuries of all time that, that takes some doing um, and also as Harry said yeah the the partnership between Green and Gregory uh, in the quarterfinal as well to bring us from the depths of despair to doing without losing another wicket um, was a pretty good achievement um, considering we were 60 for 5 and I thought it was going to be you know it was, t- it was tough but the fact that we got to the end from 60 for 5 without losing another wicket just showed how calm and composed they were um, in that knock but yeah performance of the year for me uh, Matt Henry's 4 for 24 in the final yeah I've gone for that as well um, I also had on my list yeah Will Smead's uh, uh, Green and Gregory that sits with the partnership with the quarter final uh, I've also gone for Crago's uh, 3 for 8 in that first game against Hampshire which just set the tone for the campaign um, I thought that was, was fantastic Tom Banton as well uh, 84 uh, or 44 away at Surrey and yeah Sean Dixon's overall performances at final days but yeah in terms of you know pressure's on win a, go out there and win a trophy for your side it has to be Matt Henry at finals day 4 for 24 Gibbo your blast performance of the year we wouldn't have got to finals day if it hadn't been for Lewis Gregory and Ben Green um I, 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 but Henry's four for twenty-four, superb. I will. I think both Lewis Gregory and Matt Henry, Matt Henry, deserve to to win an award. So I will vote for whichever of them <laughs> seems the more likely to to uh, to get an award. Because I, I agree with with Ben. who was talking about Lewis Gregory's season. He's been a cricketer reborn. I think this this season. I thought he captained the the T uh, Twenty side quite brilliantly, especially. In the semi-final and final, when he kept he kept his nerve, and that communicated itself to the whole of the rest of the side, who really kept their 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 nerve when things were going against them. When Essex went off as fast as they did uh, in the in in the final, Somerset didn't panic. They they held their nerve. They got back in the game. They took the wickets, and uh, Matt Henry was a big part of that. But as I say. 
we wouldn't have got there if it hadn't been for Lewis Gregory and his captaincy and his batting and his bowling as well because he bowled pretty well too. So either of them will do for me. So your individual, so you could probably, well, I reckon you're going to stick him in as Gregory and his player of the year then. And you might have swung my vote as well, but what about your performance of the year? Gregory? Well, I said, yeah. no, I was, I was putting Gregory, either Gregory's um, 50, 57 in 34 balls in that partnership of 96 yeah. to win the game, or Matt Henry's four for 24 in the final. Either of them would be my performance of the year. I'm so happy to game Matt Henry for performance of the year in the T20. To be fair, although Dixon allowed him to defend it, yeah, getting fourth in the final to win a trophy is pretty impressive. Okay, Ben, it looks like you got some sort of a casting vote then. So your yeah, T20 I mean, performance. So one one thing that we haven't one game that we haven't mentioned that, and this is just more from my personal enjoyment actually was the game away at Essex when we chased down I think it was about 180 190 in what felt like about 15 or 16 overs I think that was an amazing run chase. So and, well, we won by like seven wickets and everybody hit about five sixes. Y- yeah, yeah. And for me that was you know a real kind of like. Um, a microchasm of what the Somerset team was all about. That they all came in, they all really dominated the, the bowling and, and collectively said, We're gonna get way above the rate on this run chase. We're not gonna we're gonna not gonna need to take the game deep. We're just gonna get way ahead of the run run rate required and, and go, go, go. And watching TKC come in at three and just whack I think it was three of his first four balls for six and then Dixon would come and whack one out of Chelmsford that game for me was just the, one of the most exciting T20 run chases that, that I've seen because all everyone at half time thought that Essex had got a pretty good score on the board and Essex not forgetting the finals so they weren't a terrible side um, so that's, that's not my winning one but I thought that was worth a mention because it was just it was all, it's been forgotten about I think in the, yeah. I agree uh, with you Ben especially it, as it was Essex <laughs> yeah, we, you know, it was at Chelmsford. It was a difficult place to go, and um, I just and remember take that, press, Mr. Topley. Yeah, it was just their, their press box were really sort of downbeat about that game. They really thought that they were going to win it, and particularly because they recovered really well. I think Bath and um, oh, I can't remember the other one, but well, I remember Brooks Bass. opened the bowl in that game. Brooks bowled really well up top. I remember. Yeah, I remember. we took three early wickets. I remember rightly. We got yeah. early wickets and then went to pieces, but. But that was the game that Ruloff um, hurt his hand, I think. Um, mm. But I think if we're allowed to pick the performance as two players, I'm, I'm giving it to Green and Gregory. Um, if your Green Apple, if the, if the Golden Apples rules dictate that we're allowed to choose partnerships are allowed part- under the performance category. Oh, okay. Then I think I'm going to go for Green and Gregory just because. Um, the pressure on them, and I know that the fo- that there's pressure in the final, of course there is. But Matt Henry, um, you know, I think just the pressure that Green and Gregory had on their shoulders. There was a full house here that we're almost expecting us to win, particularly after we'd restricted knots to the score that they got, and um, it was a se- it was a season changer because if we'd failed to chase that down, you know, our season would have probably fizzled out and, and no one would be talking about it. And I just think that they played the situation perfectly and timed their innings perfectly. So, um, yeah, Matt Henry's was a, an amazing display on finals day and ultimately to get us over the line and win it. But I don't think he, we'd have had a chance of, of, of winning it if it not been for that, not those two together. So that they get my vote. So it looks like we have a tie then. Gibbo and Baird have both gone for Ben Green and Lewis Gregory's partnership against Knotts. Me and Dan have both gone for Matt Henry's 4 for 24. Harry's gone for Sean Dixon on finals day. So congratulations to Matt Henry, Ben Green and Lewis Gregory who share the golden apple for T20 performance of the year. Um, We'll just quickly move on to our listeners player of the year. That was voted for on Twitter using hashtag apples23. That one went to Matt Henry. So congratulations uh, to you Matt on that one right let's do T20 player of the year we'll finish off with a sparkling cider as our grand finale uh, tonight so I mean yeah so many fantastic performances across the Vitality Blast Gibbo who was your T20 player of the campaign 
Well, Matt Henry still hasn't won anything, has he? So it's got to be Matt Henry for his 31 wickets. Well, he won. He was joint. Wasn't joint he? for the last one. And he did with the Listers the Player of the Year as well. But you're going Matt Henry. Yeah. Uh, well, all, the alternative would be TKC, who was leading run scorer with 490, 489 runs at a strike rate of 160. He was the, the top scorer. I take, take the point that Sean Dixon was top of the averages, but it was it was Tom Kohler Cadmore. Who, who the opposition really feared, you know, when, when he came in and started. I've, I've rarely seen anyone hit the cricket ball as hard as Tom Cole Cadmore. He was a force of nature, and he was absolutely central to that whole campaign. Here, here. you got to pick one, though. you go Matt Henry or TKC? I think I'll go TKC. TKC. Ooh, Matt Henry is joint winner already. So. <laughs> it's not, you know, it, it's not... You awardable merit, Gibbo. You know we had to watch James Rue picking well, up I everything think... on Thursday night. You go with your if you go TKC. No, I'm going to go for TKC. TKC, fantastic. Harry, your blast player of the year. Well, in third place, I'm going to go for a man not with bat or ball. Well, ball he did fairly well, but Craig Oven, 22 catches, tournament record. That's just <laughs> phenomenal. Not not many at slip. Most of them at long on. I mean. There's been some horrendous batting. Like as soon as Random Merva comes on to bowl, people think, "Let's try and chip him over Craig Overton at long on." Which yeah, same is with Green. Brain dead batting. I mean, well, second place is is it, I got shootout. So Ben Green, they talk about his his deep mid wicket is slip cordon and his his jokes, but Green and Henry were neck and neck with the wicket taken most of the way through the tournament. Of course, the four for twenty four for Henry snuck in past Green in the competition's leading wicket taking, but. Henry didn't do a lot with the bat. We know he can bat. He's a decent number eight, but we didn't actually use him much in the blast of the bat. With Green's runs and with getting, and him and Lewis Gregory getting us into finals day, I'm going to go Ben Green for player of the year. Will he get 30 wickets? And that 35 not out, that 96 run partnership. He got a fourth against Middlesex, I remember. Getting Middlesex out of 136. I know Middlesex were a pretty poor side, but um, Ben Green, it's not just people trying to whack him and miscuing it he bowled slower balls he bowled Yorkers in the slot at times when he needed to and yeah fair play shout out to Ben Green great stuff I'm I'm going to change my vote now because when I came to look at this although you know I went to most of the games and everything something you said Gibber about Lewis Gregory was yeah the captaincy is something that you don't see in a um, you know, in the in the batting of the bowling averages, it's it's that ethereal, whatever that word is, I'm looking for ethereal quality that you cannot uh, quantify in uh, uh, in statistics. And yeah, I don't think it's a, a coincidence that you know he won the uh, that other competition as captain of the uh, Nottinghamshire Skips last year. Um, and I think his captaincy is, you know, that calmness in leadership, uh, calmness in that partnership with Ben Green, uh, getting us home against Knotts, um, and that leadership on finals day, which was a, you know, it, with all the rain delays and just rushing to get everything round, that he could have, that could have quite easily gone, you know, t- tits up for us with just people not being focused and and head still in the previous game. And I think Lewis's captaincy is one of the major reasons why we we won the blast so i am going to go for lewis gregory as my t20 player of the year we could end up with a five-way tie here dan blast player of the year well yeah because i've gone with matt henry oh um because i know he's a similar number of wickets to greener but henry had a better economy and it's the fact that he just set the tone every time it was arrived at the death every time he bowled in you know, great green and bowled in difficult phases of the innings as well but uh, Henry for me he took a wicket in every match that, that he played in the blast um, he was he felt like the talisman of our attack um, but I do think there should be honourable mentions for basically every single player because because you know it was a real team effort in the blast everyone contributed at some point uh, there was no absolute standout performer. Literally everybody did make plenty of contributions. Um, but yeah, for me, just about player of the year is Matt Henry uh, in the blast. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got the averages up on my, on my screen. I mean, you you could quite easily say that in another year, Roloff, if you know, if Roloff took his wickets at fifteen with an economy of just over seven, any other year, you say, oh yeah, that would be you know that would be Player of the Year type material. But just the incredible standards that the, the guys showed this year is is phenomenal. No pressure there, Mister Warren. You are uh, you are hereby tasked with. <laughs> Resolving this current four-way tie between Lewis Gregory, TKC, Ben Green and Matt Henry. Over to you. Tough, isn't it? I think, for me, the biggest difference that we struck from 2022 into this year, where we went from an, a brilliant side in 22 to a, you know, a dominant side, one of the best T20 sides that probably we've, we've ever had, if not the best. The difference for me was... was having to replace Riley Rousseau, who scored a bucket load of runs in 22, essentially got us to got us to finals day. Um, replaced, having to replace him with a batter, a domestic batter, that allowed us to then go and sign an overseas bowler who could win us the tournament. So for me, the biggest success story was TKC, because he changed the dynamic of the team so that they could sign the extra overseas bowler, which was then obviously a world-class bowler and not saying Matt Henry didn't deserve it at all. But for me, that that was the key strategic difference. That had TKC not fired, we'd have heard Riley Rousseau all over everywhere. Why have you not signed Riley Rousseau? Well, to be fair, he's not exactly... Uh, Chris Gale or Barbara Zam and he would struggle to get into a first choice Somerset <laughs> 11 but you know that how many uh, runs has he got since since <laughs> he left Somerset eh well, <laughs> the man yeah. saves it for his favourite side <laughs> so for, for me just and this is a very big just but for me that was the difference between how, where we how we progressed as a, was was that change in strategy between signing a batter and a bowler and two bowlers and TKC's success and his calibre um, allowed us to do that so for me he was the point of difference Excellent so winner then picking up his first golden apple TKC Tom Kohler-Cadmore is your 2023 Vitality Blast Player of the Year now let's do our favourite award then. The sparkling cider moment of the year. Right, let's just get it out of the way that we've probably... Has anybody not got TKC's catch at Edgerson to win the Vitality Blast and the ensuing celebrations and everybody singing Blackbird together afterwards? Let's go for our honourable mentions then. Uh, Gibbo, your honourable mentions then for sparkling cider moment of the year. Oh, Tom Kohler-Catmore going to his 100 off the first ball of the third day against yes. Northampton. Yeah. When he drove time. the ball through the ground for yes, six into back. the Botham stand. Yeah. And the the other one is uh, Casey Aldridge's catch to uh, get rid of um, Rossington. Oh, yeah. Which went like a tracer bullet. Because when I interviewed Jason Kerr about the season as a whole and obviously referenced the uh, TKC catch at the end, he said the Casey Aldridge catch was arguably more difficult. He he would would have, you know, that that was the, the challenging one, and it changed the course of the game. But um, yeah, the the obvious champagne, the sparkling cider, champagne cider moment. Why don't we call it champagne cider? There is, is such a thing. Oh, is yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. Um, it's got to be TKC's catch. Well, he he mentioned at the awards on Thursday that it was uh, it was a bit more difficult than people make out because it was a bit loopy and it he, he got to it fairly easily so I don't know where he was downplaying it but uh, yeah he said it was a, a bit of a dolly to be fair but that was TKC not Casey Aldridge that's TKC's one yeah sorry not Casey Aldridge's wasn't yeah Casey Aldridge's wasn't no yeah if he'd missed it it would have made a hole through his stomach oh, I think he'd still have the bruise now um, so any more we're calling it the champagne cider now any more champagne cider moments for you Gibbo no, I think that those are the uh, those are the standout ones. Okay, Ben, your uh, champagne cider moments of the year that have come in second to the blast celebrations. Yeah, exactly the same as Anthony. To be honest, I don't have those. Are, those are, that would be the only other one I'd like. I would put forward would be Aldridge, but um, yeah, I think it's 
it has to be TKC. Yeah, Dan. The only one I'd add, the only one I'd add would be uh, David Milne's signalling no ball uh, when Luke uh, in the final over of the uh, quarterfinal. Luke Fletcher, we needed three from four. We were likely to win, but David Milne's uh, was told by the third umpire that it was a no ball. Um, so out goes the arm, and the crowd goes crazy because then we only need one more to win, and the next ball was a free hit. And obviously, it was all then very confusing. So that was also, I suppose, part of it. But um, yeah, that was just a great moment for me. I just love seeing, mm. seeing in the distance. Hang on, he's about to signal the ball here, and then he did, and just yeah, that was the moment when I think we all knew, yes, we are going to finals day, um, despite you know they having been sixty-five earlier in the innings. You've just reminded me. I don't know why it popped into my head and I didn't remember it but I'm going back to the brain fade of the year Sean Dixon for not reviewing his LBW that was missing mm. leg stump in the quarterfinal was that the reverse sweep uh, I think it was more of a leg glancy type affair but it was missing leg stump and he didn't review it and I think he was the fifth wicket there anyway that's done and dusted now um, my sparkling side of moments of the year honourable mentions uh George Bartlett running out Hasib Hamid from Gully to start that uh, collapse uh, for Knotts. Uh, James Rue going to his thousand runs against Surrey. Uh, Andy Amid straight six uh, up at North Ants. Uh, TKC oh, yeah. smashing it round against Kent. Um, Bowling Hampshire out for 74 in the first T20 game again. That would just set the tone. Uh, Gibbo's bus shelter blowing over during that game against <laughs> Hampshire. Uh, but yeah, obviously has to be uh, TKC's catch. Uh, and the celebrations afterwards, all the players, coaches, staff, members, supporters, all stood around that Raglan stand, belting out Blackbird together, and then just everyone, just everyone in the Somerset family, just staying around for that hour, half hour afterwards was was just brilliant. Um, Harry, any other sparkling cider honourable mentions for yourself? And uh, no, I think yeah, um, give it most of them earlier. Case Holdridge was a big one. Um, could mention Alfie Ogborn getting James Vince was a pretty cool first yeah. wicket to see a young lad. Buzzing celebration, first first class victim. Um, personal one from Thursday night is um, Sophie Luff got asked last minute, could could she do a little speech? And um, I just thought it was hilarious when she absolutely rinsed Treeks for his hair and for being the second best cricketer from Weston. And <laughs> that was a particularly good Thursday night. Moment. Yeah, Trigo has got some NSYNC 2002 kind of frosted tips going on. So not sure where that came from, but uh... yeah, that was entertaining. But yeah, I mean. 141 and 145 defending in a T20, 12 or 14 group stage. I think that's a record, was it? 15 matches in the T20 blast. I mean, just to end it with a one-handed catch, you couldn't write a better script, really, and everyone going wild. And it was such a such a special evening. I just, I'll never forget it. Yeah, yeah. Sparkling champagne cider moment of the year. Then going to what does it go to? Tom Cole Cadmore? Does it just go to Somerset as a whole or? The TKC made the moment extra. Yeah, special, let's go. To, yeah, let's give it a TKC. You can win back to back. His yeah. poor catching technique to go with one hand when he should have gone with two made it yeah, extra making special. It look good. <laughs> TKC for making it look good. Up at Edgbaston, under the lights, winning the Vitality Blast for Somerset. We are done then. Let's uh, recap. So, Championship Player of the Year, James Rue. Championship Performance, James Rue. Uh, one Day Cup Player and Performance, Andy Umeed. Our T20 Player of the Year was Tom Collard Cadmore. The T20 Performance of the Year uh, shared with Matt Henry's 4 for 24 and Ben Green and Lewis Gregory's partnership to see us home against Knotts in the quarterfinal. Young Player of the Year, obviously, is James Drew. The Sparkling Cider Moment of the Year was TKC for his catch. Listeners Player of the Year was Matt Henry. And the Brain Fade of the Year is to the powers that be for not playing Lewis Gregory and Tom Banton anymore in the Championship or not playing them as much as they should have in our opinion right that concludes the golden apples for another year uh, news from Nottinghamshire Stephen Mullaney has stepped down so uh, Notts need a captain that's good news less than negativity sure. well it's dragging on now it's dragging on now no, I mean they Gregory's didn't they, to be fair they country. didn't they gave Steve Davis and George Bartlett leaving presents at the at the uh, the dinner but they didn't give Lewis Gregory one so that's kind of a positive I guess but then that's taken away in the negative 
It's Ben uh, just tweeted. As you said that, Ben just tweeted. I thought, oh, we are, so, I thought that was going to be it. I thought you were going <laughs> to... Unless that's one of them schedules. I thought this was going to be it. Lewis, <laughs> Gregory signs now as a picture of uh, Henry and Matt Henry and Roller fandom over from their World Cup clash today. Uh, I guess we're going to have to wait. So Jason Kerr said they were in negotiations or words to that effect up at Edgerstone. Is that right, Gibbo? Absolutely right. Uh, He's had a kid. He ain't going to move anywhere this late in his career, is he? Oh, I don't know. There's some you lot are too negative. Good nurseries up in Nottingham, from what I've heard. Yeah, well, he said he's bowled well this year. Him and Jack he Brooks are brilliant well at the end of the season. That makes him more likely to move, not less. No, they've just signed Dylan Pennington and half of what Worcestershire seam attack. Notts don't need any more seamers. They've only lost Stuart Broad. It's not like everyone's well, going. If he does go, that's put that does put us. Uh, no, he'll stay. Well, we're still well. We're already three bowlers down from last year. I'd hate to be four that'd be virtually impossible because we've already lost well Henry well Siddle's definitely not coming back Matt Henry's going to be iffy Jack Brooks is, is, is off the past just new so Lordy throw that checkbook at Jack to, at Lewis Gregory um, anything else going on up at Taunton there Ben in the in the off season I see memberships uh, going well people have started getting their packs and whatnot. Yeah, I'd, I'd just say keep your eye on the channels over the next week. There's a few bits that's got to come out. So, uh, um, yeah, probably the next, what are we today? Monday, yeah, probably this in the next week there'll be a few bits. There'll be Good an interest news. Somerset fans. I um, I'm a, can't comment, but... There's <laughs> <laughs> um, a few bits. Come out of it. Uh, and, and any other business then before we knock this on the head for the for the year? Well, not quite the year because we'll, we'll catch up. Uh, I'm sure we can chat about some sets of players' performances in the Abu Dhabi T10 giver, which I do know you're a keen <laughs> viewer of, despite your wait. despite your Can't protestations. Wait. Can't wait, Danny. Have you got your hand up there, or are you just sort of stretching a bit? Oh, sorry, no, I'm. I'm That's <laughs> all right. Radio. Right, so supper time. Indeed. Yeah. Ben, we eagerly await the uh, the tweet confirming that Lewis Gregory has signed a new contract because it is uh, getting beyond a bloody joke now. But if that's it, <laughs> we'll knock it on the air for 2023. We'll do some stuff throughout the winter. Uh, but for now, I am congratul- uh, congratulatory. Con- what's the word I'm looking for? Congratulating. Con- contractually obliged to say winter well. See you all later. Thanks, chaps. Right. Cheers, chaps. Cheers, Cheers everyone. everyone. Bye. Bye.